Welcome out, y'all, to tonight, different night that we got going on, but happy you guys are here. Uh, We decided uh, to do this tonight instead of doing a watch party, because we know how that went last time. I mean, the Chiefs lost, so we don't need to think about that, okay? We're not going to repeat that. Uh, I'm Luke Hoagland, one of the directors here at The Block, if we haven't met, Um, and we had our fearless leader, Nick, get married on this last Saturday. Many of y'all were there. yeah, super exciting. Also, uh, Madison, Melima, we got some of the friends. They're always in the front row. Yeah, there they are. Let's go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Madison is awesome. It was a beautiful wedding. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing this hybrid type of night tonight, and we really just wanted to open up the space. And so um, we know that there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in, in people's worlds and lives, and, uh, and we're hoping that uh, tonight would just be that touch point for one. Uh, as you are here, maybe you were invited. Um, the block exists to help young adults build their lives on what counts. And so uh, that never takes uh, days off, nights off. And, and so we wanted to provide a space for that. But for sure tonight in this short messages talk, the purpose is going to be uh, for you just to reflect on what is the vision that you have for your life? What, what is the vision that God has for your life? And do those two align? You know, that's, that's a, a huge question and a question that we have to constantly come back to. Even if our vision was once aligned with God's, it can fall into a place where it no longer is as well. So that God would give you a vision. What, why do I say that? That's kind of a weird uh, idea. Uh, I'm a big vision guy myself. I got LASIK about nine years ago. Um, no, we're not talking that type of vision. It's wearing off a little bit. It's kind of sad. Um, but I'm a big vision guy, meaning I like to look at, you know, what's, what's going on right now in my life? Where is that taking me? You know, what's, what's the outcome of the things that, that we are doing even here at the block? You know, what are we doing now? Is that leading us to what we want to accomplish? You know, or is it not? You know, and I love thinking through these ideas because I, I'm kind of a dreamer. You know, I love to think about what is the po- most positive, you know, impact or outcome that could come about in what we are doing There's a problem with being a dreamer, and maybe you're a dreamer, maybe you know a dreamer. Dreamers often aren't doers. You know, dreamers sometimes stay up there in la-la land, and I can be that guy. I love thinking of great ideas, options, and I'll I'll tell my wife, Bailey, I'll tell someone, hey, I was thinking this, and they're like, okay, you know, we'll see if that ever happens. You know, he had a great idea two days ago. Um, And and I don't think any of us really want to be that at the end of the day. You know, maybe we love coming up with ideas, but I don't think any of us want to be the person who just had a million ideas and never did any of them. <laughs> he never accomplished anything. I think we want to be a part of something that's successful, you know, something that accomplishes good, that, that brings about something that wouldn't happen otherwise because we put our minds to it and we gave effort. You know, vision is, is really important. There's a verse uh, in Proverbs. It's a verse that's guided uh, nations. It's a verse that kings have taken counsel from. It's, it's a verse that have led communities and people to have success. It's Proverbs 29, 18. That's what it says. It says, for where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Meaning, you know, what does it mean, you know, if they didn't have a prophetic vision? You know, this is, you know, God has promised an outcome. You know, God has prophesied the future. He knows the future. He's set the future. He's in the future. So when God speaks about the future, he's already there. He knows what's happening. And so when God has, he's also told his people the future 
for centuries, for thousands and thousands of years. And so when the people, when we take our eyes off what God is doing and going to do, we cast off restraint, meaning people start doing what they think is is right in their own eyes. We dream up our own dreams and we say, I'm going to do this, and that has nothing to do with what God is doing over here, and it's a dangerous place to be. But it says instead, blessed is he who keeps the law, not the law-abiding citizen, but the one who keeps God's law. They see what God has already said. You know, they're not waiting for God to speak again, but they see God's law as what is now. This is what I need to do now. God has already told me what I need to do. We're not people who, who live this world and say, and dream up these things and say, God, please bless it. Yeah, I'm going to go do this crazy thing over here. God, would you please give me favor and give me success? No, God, God's already told us what he wants. God's already told us what he's going to do, and he's inviting us into it. And when we obey, we find that he brings us blessing and success. And so here at The Block, we've had a vision statement for about a year. We haven't publicly posted it on our website. We haven't really talked about it on a Thursday night. It's been something that's, uh, you know, inspired and encouraged and challenged me and our leaders, um, and we're going to talk about it tonight. And, And the goal is that you would see it and you would be challenged even in your own vision for your own life. You know, this, this vision statement, you know, it's, you know, every company has their own vision statements. This one is, is really just God's vision for the world. What does God want to do? So let's take a look. Here is the Block KC vision statement. We make every effort to see the hope of Jesus change the world and the local church through the lives of young adults. We make every effort to see the hope of Jesus change the world and the local church through the lives of young adults. So we're going to break it apart, verse, or not, not verse by verse, but uh, section by section. Why did we do this? There's, there's a thousand vision statements out there, and like all good vision statements, they kind of grab from like McDonald's vision statement, that's good, you know, Walmart said this, you know, let's put it all together, we got, you know, McDouble, I don't know. Um, we, we did that as well. We, we saw some great vision statements, and, and we put this together, and we're going to look at why we decided what we decided. So first, we make every effort. We make every effort. This comes from multiple places in the scriptures. This, this line right here, it's in 2 Peter 1. It says, hey, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, affection, and love. You know, these are all things that Jesus modeled. These are all things that God has called us to. These are all things that God's designed that would bring about good in our own lives and in the lives around us, and Jesus modeled them. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. This is what we strive and make every effort for. Hebrews 12, 14, also another place that says, make every effort to be at peace with everyone and to be holy. So we're peacemakers, we're peace bringers. God's calling you to this. You know, is there, is there trouble in your world? Is there trouble in your life? And God wants to use you to bring peace. You know, are you disrupting the peace? God wants to be peace through you. And there's a slew of other passages. It would be a great study. If you just did a Google search and you said, where does it say uh, make every effort in the New Testament? And just look at all of them. There's, there's seven or eight places. You want to know what God wants you to do, do a word search on that. But why do we make every effort? Because we want to be people who are all in. You know, we want to be people who are in the game, people who aren't on the sidelines. 
you know, we talked about the difficulties going on in other places in the world, in Israel and Palestine, in America. It's super easy. It's super easy just to, just to chill. We can, we can come into a, a beautiful church and just sit back and do nothing. Yeah, at, at the block, that's not who we want to be. We want to be people who press forward, make every effort, take God at his word. Why do we do this? Because we want to see the hope of Jesus change the world. We want to see the hope of Jesus change the world, meaning we aren't doing, mustering things up on our own to change the world. Jesus has already said that the hope of Jesus is going to change the world. It's going to have an incredible impact. Here's the deal. In this room, there were people who once didn't know God and now know God. There are people who were cut off from God by their own sin, and then they discovered Jesus. God revealed to them, I have made a way for you to be in a relationship with God through Jesus. I sent him. He paid for your sins. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave, and he is seated on the throne in heaven. He is in control. All authority has been given to him. And here's the deal. Anyone who believes in him has eternal life. If you just believe in him, I mean, how easy did God make it? You did not have to go, you know, on this, like, long journey and go, like, find the golden key of eternal life and, like, and then you could have eternal life. God said, believe in my son. God made every effort really to make it as accessible as possible for anyone to be saved. We want to see the hope of Jesus change the world. You know, God lavishes his love and his blessing upon people, upon sinners, and, and that's just because he is good. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He is a constantly giving God. All he does is give good things. God gives good things over and over, and he gives it to us so that it would even flow through us. It ought not to stop with you, ought not to stop with me. If you feel blessed by God, yeah, I'm blessed. It's not supposed to stop with you. Who are you blessing? If all you can say is I'm blessed and no one's blessed through you, I'm not sure you're on the right path. I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you know what God wants to do with you. God wants to bless the world through you, person by person, heart by heart. Jesus' final words, as you see on the screen, uh, before he ascended to heaven, you guys know it, it's a great commission. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Meaning, Jesus, he didn't come and show up and get out. You know, like he didn't leave and he's gone. Yes, he is seated in heaven, but listen, he is here now. And for those of you who know Jesus, he is here now. Meaning if he's here now, he's not done. If he's here now, he wants to work. He wants to use you. He wants to do something because there's more people to be saved. There's more things to do on this earth as he's redeeming and restoring creation. You see there, Acts 1.8, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be God's witness, his ambassador. How is God gonna change the world? How is he gonna let people know about Jesus through you? You're his ambassador. When Donald Trump or Joe Biden sends someone to the other part of the world, he sends someone else. He doesn't send him. They represent him. You are representing God. God is making his appeal to the lost world through you, and he's changing the world, and he's bringing this change 
through people he is changing. So that next part, it says, and the local church. We make every effort to see the hope of Jesus change the world and the local church. And you might be like, oh, what's he saying? Here's the deal. We're not demanding that the church be anything that it's not. We believe in the church here at Journey Bible Church. We believe that the church is the hope of the world. God, or Jesus set up the church in this life. He said, on this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church. Jesus established the church, so we believe in it. The church is the brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus, and so we're not telling the church to be anything. We not only love the two churches that we're a part of here at the block, you know, Lenexa Baptist and Journey, but we love all local churches, all local churches that believe in Jesus and preach the word and help uh, believers mature in the faith and go reach the lost world. We love all of those churches. They are our brothers and sisters. So why? Why change the local church? And, and what we really mean is we need to be changed. And this is kind of like Michael Jackson, man in the mirror stuff here. You want to make the world a better place? Look at yourself. Make that change. And, and why do I say that is room full of young adults, 25, 30, 20, I don't know where you're at. But you are the future of the church. I don't know if you know this. There are, there's a life cycle, you know. There's a life cycle. And, and what that means is we are in this area of life where we are about to, you know, have opportunity. We're about to have to step up and take on leadership roles to serve in ways that, have, that high, have higher responsibility, and we need to be ready to accept it. You know, if we go on lollygagging our way and the church has these spots and has no one ready to step into them, there's a problem. And so we, this room, needs to be that change. We, I, I talk with Pastor Mike at Journey all the time and, and Chad here at Lenexa Baptist. They say it all the time, and, and they're not talking flattery. You know, they're not trying to say, oh, look, you know, you all are doing such a cool thing. It's really cool. No, they say this is one of the most important rooms in the church. This, what happens here on Thursday nights, is gonna pay dividends one way or another in the future of what God's doing here in Kansas City. So do you believe that? Are, are you ready for that? Because the truth is, the local church functioning at its best is when this room is helping to push it forward. When young adults are, are stepping up. You know, 1 Timothy 4.12, it's, it's on the screen there. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. It's a classic verse here. But set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. We are the ones who ought to set the example. You know, we can, we can absolutely be humble, absolutely submit to authority, but absolutely set, step up and set the example. We are the change that the church is going to continue to need, and the next generation is going to be the change that the church is going to need. And that very last one, at the end of our vision statement, through the lives of young adults. This one's pretty obvious. Why did we put that in there? It's a young adult ministry, if you didn't know. And it's not a far-fetched idea to think that God wants to use young adults. You know, we're not just saying, like, young adults are like the cool part of the church, and so God must think we're really cool, and God's going to use us. No. Jesus himself chose 12 apostles in his three-year ministry, basically all of them young adults, some of them younger, some of them like 14. And the factor that, that set them apart was, man, they were willing to leave behind everything. 
They were willing to set their lives on the line, to surrender everything and follow a more sure vision and direction and path by following their Savior, Jesus. So you're not too young. The church is waiting for you to step up. You know, three years the Block KC has been around, and, uh, and that's awesome. You know, praise God. How many, raise the hands, how many of y'all have been here since the beginning? Been here since the very start. Yeah, we got, we got some humble people not raising their hands very high. Praise God, you know, faithful people who have stayed the course. We've, we've gone through a lot of change, a lot of change. And sometimes change is hard, right? Sometimes change is difficult. These people have stayed the course and seen God continue to work and add to our number. Here's the deal. As we go from this place tonight, and, and, and many of y'all come every single week, I, I pray that tonight will be a night that changes Changes things for you. Changes things for the way that when you think about the vision for your life, where your life is headed, that it would be more in line with what God wants to do through you. So we look at that statement. Make every effort. What do you need to do? It's going to take effort. This is, this is in the Bible. I'm not telling you, like, go do something. Make every effort. Where do you need to serve. You can't sit back and tell God, hey, do that, do this. Where does God want to use you? How does God want to bless someone through you? And remember, we make every effort only because God has already made every effort on our behalf. He uses imperfect people. You might be sitting there saying, hey, I can't, I can't be that yet. Man, that's, that's, a, that's who God wants to use. That's you. To be a part of Jesus changing the world you want to change the world? You have this big vision for your life and you think it's going to change the world? Be a part of what God's doing. God's already been changing the world. He's changed the world over time and time and time again to make it better and save people. He is on this mission and it's a mission that won't fail. You want, you want to succeed. You want to live a blessed life. Jesus is offering it to you. This eternal spiritual life in God's vision and mission. God desires all to come to a knowledge of him and be saved. And who in your life doesn't know him? Do you not know him? Be a part of changing the world heart by heart. And then be a part of the local church. So serve. Ask what the needs are. Come up to your pastor after the service, after you get some preach, and say, hey, man, what are the gaps here? What can I do? How can I serve? How can I lead? Where is the church going in the future? And how can I be a part of what's going on there? Do you need help with something that you don't have the time for in the day? Can I be a part of that? I mean, your pastor would love, every pastor wants to take some young pup and train him up in the ways of God. They, they want to take some young person who's moldable and, and fully surrendered and not set in their ways and say, hey, you go lead this thing. You spearhead this thing. You've got more time right now than you'll ever have. More time right now than you'll ever have. So don't wait. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, just thank you for, uh, for uh, just Grant leading us through that, that prayer earlier, and, and we are sobered by uh, the terrible things going on in this world, and we do ask you to step in. Uh, God, help us just to play a part. God, uh, just burden our hearts for, for the people who are our brothers and sisters uh, in the Lord who know you and desire to serve you with their lives. God, would you just give them strength and boldness, God, to continue in the ways of faith, and that's just such a big ask because I have no idea what it looks like to continue in the ways of faith and what they're going on, but God, give it to them. You are powerful. You are with them. Remind them of that. And God, in this room, 
Things look different, God. We have just the choice to do as we please. And God, with this room of young adults, it is amazing to think about what you could do with this group of people, even though we're, we're smaller in numbers because the chiefs are playing, even with this group of people, God, that would be fully surrendered to you, God, that you would change our world, our families, Kansas City, through our lives surrendered to you. So we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.